Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. David, so glad you're here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely. Tell me real quick, where's Elite 3D? Elite 3D is from Valencia in Spain. Okay. Talk to me about the European market. I think the European market in general, it's as competitive as other markets. But I think to get in, especially if you're European, it's easier than to go into other countries. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's harder to go from Europe to America and vice versa. But for people who are from Europe, it's definitely an inviting place, I have to say. Great. Does anybody there want to switch visas or passports, by the way? Because I've been like <laughs> dying for a EU passport. Really? I, just, I could just travel around and maybe yeah. go to Paris. <laughs> Actually, many of my friends and people who start in this industry always want to go to the States because it's one yeah. of the biggest market in the whole world. But Europe is growing and that's the really cool a cool thing. I mean, as Europeans, although Europe is a little bit like in the autumn, you know, <laughs> in terms of growing, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's growing slowly and it's going there. So yeah, I think Europe is a good place. Uh, I was just reading something earlier today about how mm-hmm. China is going to, or already has eclipsed the US as a um, economic in terms of the revenue and all that stuff. And then India in 2030 is going to eclipse the U.S. in terms of the size of the market. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've heard yeah. of that too, unfortunately, but that's the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah, we have a house. We, we bought a house in India, actually, uh, a while ago. We're prepared. I'm prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do at Elite 3D? First of all, I just want to mention that I'm from Portugal. I'm from Lisbon, but I, I work in Spain. So I'm a character artist and I work at Elite 3D now for two years and almost three. It's going to be in two months. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do three years in, in Elite. And I've worked in many projects since I was there. My first project was Call of Duty Infinity Warfare. And then I worked in other projects, Call of Duty Online. And then I went to the Call of Duty World War II team that was like two years ago, I guess, or one year and a half ago. And I worked on it for a year. And now I'm working on projects I cannot say because of NDA as usual, you know, the yeah. usual conversation. Well, uh, Robert was mentioning your Call of Duty work. And um, so did you guys work as uh, outsource or what's the relationship? Yes. yes, we worked as an outsource for Activision. Sledgehammer uh, mm-hmm. is the studio who was making the game. Yeah. And we were helping them in terms of characters, props, vehicles, environment etc and our team was like just for characters like 12 to 16 people Mm -hmm. so it was a lot of work during a whole year and who do you interface how does that relationship work because if i if i understand it correctly there's usually an outsource manager who is an artist as well so how does the relationship work when you're signed up for the job and and really i'm just looking at this from like the artist perspective not necessarily yeah Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, what kind of things do you have to do on a daily basis? So you come in and you've got like commands from headquarters. Like, for example, long time ago, I, I went to Shanghai actually to train the artists at EA Shanghai mm-hmm. on ZBrush. And there they were working with, although I think they ultimately they've changed it up and 
I think it's, it's, I'm sure it's much different than when I was there, when I was there, because it was a long time ago. But there, they were trying to develop a 24-hour clock. They were trying to say, okay, the U.S. team hands it off to the Asian team, and then the Asian team hands it off to the U.S. team, and then, you know, and they keep doing that back and forth. But it ultimately didn't, there were too many problems with it because you can't really just hand something off and be like, all right, goodbye, let's not talk. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, you you got it now, and then just make it better for tomorrow. So what does it look like? Do you guys have full control over assets? or? Yes or? and no. Yes and no. So just uh, for a brief explanation, like uh, our yeah. company was founded by two 3D artists who decided to do freelance in Spain. They, they, yeah. they travel around the world and work, etc. And then the company grew and they had a client, uh, Activision, of course. And then loads of artists started working in World War II, Call of Duty. In Valencia, were like 60 people around yeah. that of many areas of 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, always art. Oh, I'm always talking about art. We use softwares to organize our daily work, I have to say. As you know, like as game artists, we have to do a high poly, we have to do a low poly, we have to do UVs, bakes, and final texture. So everything is in the pipeline. So it's what, do you, what do you use to check it in and out? Do you, like, are you saying you check something in and check something out? Exactly. Like, for example, at the end of the day, you yeah. always send like your work to the client. That's the main thing. So the client reviews or approves, and then you can proceed or just use the feedback and implement it and then continue on and to the next step. Always like this, always. So you always have a target at the end of the day, which is to deliver. Even though if you don't deliver, you can deliver on the next day and work on a different asset or while waiting for feedback, which this, you always have this range, which you never stop working Mm -hmm. and you always have an objective. At the end of the day, you have to deliver something or not. So that's the main thing. What What do you guys use um, to check in and out? Is it just some kind of simple task management software? Yeah, uh, I'm working on this (laughs) and I'm not working. That's very simple. Okay, yeah. (laughs) All right. So artists, you're working on these things and then um, are you getting, like, do you work on this multiple days? They give you a character and you've got to work on the character or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, it depends on on the assets. Like on my portfolio, you can see there's like a variety of characters or Mm -hmm. props. The character props, because yep. character artists do a lot of character props too. What's a character and prop? A character prop is like a helmet, glove, something that, that requires specific software sometimes because, for example, prop artists, they don't know how to do clothing most of the time. Right. So the character artist goes and, and helps or, or does the asset itself. Or for right. example, you have a statue with a horse and it requires a lot of sculpting. And that sculpting sometimes is not done as fast as, as a character artist. You know, by environment environment artist. So, yeah, anything organic, right? Where you're dealing with exactly. anatomy, you know, something that you'd be more mm-hmm. fluent in. Yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. okay. And so in this particular case, so you know, what's your turnaround time? Are you three days, two days? Do you have to work fast? Do you have a lot of iterations? Yeah, we have iterations. Like I, I can actually say it's normally high poly, low poly, bake and UVs, UVs mm-hmm. and bake in this case, and yeah. texturing. So it's like four processes. And we work actually in a very tight schedule most of the time. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the client because in this specific case, I'm talking about just Call of Duty, but it really depends on the client. Sometimes uh, clients can give you more days or, or less days. It really depends. So, yeah, okay. Uh, what's a tight uh, deadline? Is it um, say <laughs> on the statue? Are we talking about a week for a high poly or are we talking about two days for a high poly? A week for a high poly. Okay. But it's still like, Sometimes artists, they get attached to work and they want to do a really good work. And sometimes you're like, oops, I don't have those those days to do that. So yeah, we have to be realistic and just 
do this and, and deliver. How'd you get into this? Did you go to college, European college, uh, do this stuff online? Actually, I started with listening to your videos. <laughs> I have to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was studying engineering for three years and uh -huh. then I decided to stop and say, look, I have to rethink what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then by accident, I, I found ZBrush on Google. I don't know yeah. how. Yeah. I had a friend who was using Max, 3D Studio Max, the model. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he was modeling like, like a face. And I was like, oh, let me try that. And then well, I was using 3D Studio Max. And I was like, ah, this software is not for me. I would love to do characters or faces or organic stuff. But poly by poly, mm, it's not my thing, I guess. And then I just discovered ZBrush by accident and started listening to tutorials. Everything that was on YouTube, everything that was online. I was like, I'm going to give this software a try. And then I did. And after two days, I gave up. But then after a week, I returned. <laughs> And I returned with full force and I said, I can do this and I'm going to do it. And I did it. So I wonder, does anybody open up Max or Maya and go like, oh, I found the program of my dreams. Uh, <laughs> Have you heard anybody Maya. say that? I, I, I've I never heard anybody Maya. say that. No, but ZBrush is way, way better. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. Maya, but ZBrush is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And once you know Maya, like I, I was just getting into some of the, the features there because I get kind of stuck in ZBrush land or substance land nowadays. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it is, it is fun to get back into Maya. There's so much power in that tool. My God, mm -hmm. blows my mind. Except for sculpting, yeah. of course. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so do you guys use uh, substance? Do you use Quixel? What do you use for texturing? Photoshop? Um, we usually use Quixel. I think Quixel was, in its days, the main software for texturing. But then Substance yeah. won the race, I have to say. Fortunately, it won the race because Quixel was so slow that it just killed me. So Substance is now uh, industry standard. Yeah, and so you guys use Quixel still, or? Sometimes, sometimes. Okay. It's like for normal maps, it has some cool things that Substance doesn't have, or right. or you can do it in X Normal. But now X Normal, for example, is being substituted for Marmoset because you can make it in Marmoset now. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, and how much of your pipeline is I kind of want to get a sense of software to some extent, and I, and I get different perspectives on this. And so, for example, I was talking to Josh Herman, who's a character art director over at um, Cloud Imperium. Mm -hmm. And um, he was talking, you know, they got a lot of hard surface and they got spacesuits and stuff like that. So he's like, mm -hmm. you know, ZBrush is, uh, I think they calculated out and it's like one sixteenth of their pipeline is in ZBrush. Not a lot. Right. But then I was talking to another artist who was over at Electronic Arts. And they do, I mean, they poly paint, they do their modeling in ZBrush with Z modeler. Like they stay inside a ZBrush um, well, 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. How about you guys? In our company, every artist have, have the software. For example, I, I see people with Max, they use Maya, ZBrush, mm -hmm. Blender, anything, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it's like, how can you get the job done? Okay. In the most comfortable way for you, you know? But of course, the client most of the time wants something mm -hmm. in a specific software. So you have to deliver that. But sometimes people don't know the software. And when you're working with a team, everyone is helping you. And in a week or two, you just manage it yourself alone, you know? So there's no fear in that. And we use like, I would say for the high poly is always ZBrush and Maya sometimes. So it's like a mixture of both. But sometimes or most of the time we present, we present stuff inside ZBrush as for the final sculpture. Even though we made loads of stuff in Maya, or mm -hmm. it really depends on on the person on the person because sometimes people like, love to model everything inside ZBrush. Others use Maya, others use Max. I would say like forty percent ZBrush and forty percent Maya because 
I would say Maya for low poly, UVs, etc. And then the bakes like Marmoset, which I would say 5% and 15% substance to texture. It's always like a big fraction of modeling. It really always depends on the object and the complexity of texturing or modeling. Got it. Okay, great. So in terms of substance, there's a million ways to skin a get here in terms of texturing. But do you have a, a workflow with substance where it's very much like you just work inside a substance or just work inside a quicksol and you export the maps out and then those maps go and they fit perfectly in with Marmoset or Unreal or wherever this is supposed to go? Or do you do a lot of work in Photoshop to kind of just massage the maps and get them in, in, and mm-hmm. adjust it? Or do you rely on your pipeline more? There was a problem like we, we fixed with during a, a game production that mm-hmm. substance was smoothing or blurring some pixels in yeah. the exporting of the textures. Okay. So someone found out of, about it and then we started exporting everything with Photoshop. For example, that's just one example. But most of the time we try to consolidate all the pipeline into little softwares, very few softwares. For me, I try to do it as that, like ZBrush High Poly, modeling Maya, texturing substance and baking and presentation Marmoset. That's it. But I have to say like long time ago, I used to use Topogun and UV layout. But now yeah. I'm trying to just just do everything in, in just one software or two or three in this case. Yeah, um, and Maya's quad draws reasonably. Yeah, I think it's it's. Uh, I've learned to quad draw with Gilberto Magno, the mm. Brazilian guy. Yeah, and I think he he was doing a meeting with you, and I was watching, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna give this a try, and I did, and never went back to Top again ever. That sounds great. That yeah. was one of, one of my interviews. If I recall, yes. I mean, I watched a lot of your interviews in the past. Yeah. A lot. Like awesome. a lot. <laughs> That's cool. Thanks, man. All right. So this is just to, kind of for my game artists, for my students. What's really awesome about this job? Because it's kind of a pain in the ass to get this job, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a very demanding job to be an unemployed <laughs> artist. Yeah. yeah. Why the hell do we go through this? Well, we go through this pain, I have to say. Well, if it's not pain if you like it. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. You know, well, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Fifty shades and all that. But that's true. you know, why why do why what's good? Give me give me a good reason for this job. Why this job is good. Because you get to work on things that for example, for me, when I was young, I used to play a lot of video games and yeah. I was like, how the hell is this is made? <laughs> you know, there's yeah. got to be someone in there. And now they're working it. It's a really cool job. Every day I go to work happy, I have to say. The happiest moment for the artist is when they are, get to show the work they've done. Mm-hmm. That is the, the happiest moment of their whole career, I have to say, or when you are over or the project, you know. I want to kind of I want to drill a little deeper in that because you said you were, you had the you were kind of in engineering, right? Yes. I, you could be I in an engineering job right now, doing 40 hours a week, going home. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, would, I don't think I would be that happy. No. I need a job that I need to do something different every day. Yeah. I tried to work at a, in a supermarket when I was young to get some, some bucks, you know? Yeah. I've done that job. Yeah. And you know, like when you get those jobs, you start valuing more the other jobs and you listen to adults saying, study, you know, you should study. And it's actually true. It's so simple, but it's true. You should study, you should develop skills, have talent, and you will have a better job. And I couldn't be an engineer. I tried many careers in the past, 
mm-hmm. but engineering was the biggest one. But I just couldn't. I saw gaming as a passion, as a hobby, as everything. And I was like, maybe I could work on this, you know? Yeah. I just saw the light at the end of the tunnel and I, I didn't care how long the tunnel was, you know? Mm-hmm. If it took me two years, three years, five years, I would just get it. I would reach the light. That's awesome. That I think is probably one of the biggest, in terms of everybody I've interviewed and um, and I've talked to, is like that's the biggest common denominator is just like, you know, I'm just going to do this. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, you know, like, oh, well, maybe I'll be, you know, I'll be in this kind of, I, I don't know, random business job. or But if you want it, you get it. It just takes time. But how do you explain that, that to somebody? Because I mean, it's like, I, I love that thing you said, where it's like you saw the light at the end of the tunnel, just didn't know how far away it was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which was probably part of why you started on the journey. But you know, what if it takes five years? Like, isn't that crazy? Is it, how does somebody maintain their energy and you know through that? I used to listen to the podcasts you used to do in the past and mm-hmm. and the meetings and etc. And yeah. it's funny that most people who are in this business and people who started in this business right. are people like like that. They they do something they don't like and then they start this. And that gave me a lot of motivation when I heard like Chris, Chris Costa working in a bank until when uh-huh. he was, he was 30. You know, I was like, okay, man, Chris Costa started at 30. I'm 25. So I think I can do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying like a lot of Brazilian names because I'm Portuguese. And mm-hmm. actually, they are the ones I, I remember closely because I've been following the Brazilian uh, community work since I, I started this. I was motivated by other artists to be like them, you know. I used to to go to CG Hub, which was art station a few yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, this guy's work is amazing." Okay, I want to do like that too, and I can only be proud of myself and know that I can probably have a chance in the industry when I start doing working like do work like that. And I have to thank my mom because she helped me a lot, motivating mm. me. And I think it's important to have a healthy environment at your home when you're doing a career like this. Every artistic career is a fragile career, especially in terms of ego, because sometimes you can spend like a month doing something and then someone goes there and say, ah, it looks bad. And you go like, well, <laughs> I am destroyed inside because of, of that comment. And artists' egos are very sensitive. When you're working with art and a demanding industry, etc., you have to be tough in some areas, I have to say. That's actually a great point because you create art because you've got that sensitive soul. But at the same time, the game industry requires results. Yes, yeah, so you have to have like the the analytical mind and the artistic yeah. mind at the same time. And you have to yeah. play with constantly. Yeah, and there's there's real consequences too. Like if you look at what happened to Mass Effect's the Andromeda game, I mean, the whole thing melted down. I remember that the game had some a lot of problems with animations and stuff. Um, you know, oh shit, all games have problems with animation. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. You know, but for some reason or another, man, it just went down. And, and you know, I'm not here for judgment because I got no judgment on that. I'm an artist too. But what's interesting and fascinating to me on that is like there's real consequences. Like, you know, you have to deliver, you have to deliver results, and those results have consequences. But at the same time, you know, you're out there trying to create and grow. And in many ways, in the beginning, you're all by yourself. So what did your mother do that was that was different, that really helped. She said, I I always should be an artist from the beginning. No engineering, just don't do engineering. Wow. But yeah. my father wanted me to go to the engineering because, you know, 
a stable career, the typical conversation you can read on books and and Hollywood movies, like the father wants to the kid to have a, a medicine diploma or lawyer, you know, always the same typical matrix job, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and my mom was like, no, I think you should be an artist. You're always uh, inclined to arts and arts is, is your soul. And I had a rule when I was doing this, mm-hmm. which was if someone can do it, I can do it too. It's mm-hmm. so simple. And I was like, there's people working in toy industry, in miniatures, in games. It's not, not one, you know, it's not like a superstar. It's like, it's a collective. It's a collective people. So I can be part of that, of that whole team. And that motivated me a lot. I kind of want to get that tattooed on the inside of my eyeball. <laughs> that sounds great. If someone else can do it, so can I, right? So yeah, exactly. it, you know. Yes, I think it's a little bit arrogant to say that, but at the same time, you have to... You have to understand that I think everyone can do it. It's important to remember that the effort that you see out there is a team effort. Yes, yes. Always remember it's a team game. It's a teamwork. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of software do you recommend that people learn? Because I I know things are changing a lot. And I personally have, I talk a little bit about some of the changes in ZBrush, although it's still, you know, like it's the powerhouse. It's the thing to learn. ZBrush, for sure. It's the mothership, you know, for so much of our inspiration and and our joy. It's the sun in the solar system. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we got to talk about some of the asteroids or some, you know, like what else, what else do people need to learn? Because, you know, especially in my experience as a teacher, I find a lot of people that just get stuck in ZBrush and that's, that doesn't work. You got to go more than that. So you have to go deeper. Yes. Yeah. So what else do people need to focus on? For example, for miniatures, I used to work in miniatures for three years and ZBrush was the only software. Okay, that's a very specific market and work, I have to say. But yeah. if you want to go to games or cinematics, Maya or Max or Blender, anything mm-hmm. that it's, it has a render engine and you can rig or animate anything. Marvelous Designer for clothing. And mm-hmm. in terms of character artists, even though we- weapon artists and everyone is learning it, uh, Marvelous Designer now, it's a very powerful software. You can get really cool results really fast instead of sculpting them. Although sculpting them, it's important to understand clothing, but Marvelous Designer is the fastest way because you have to remember that the analytical analytical side of of this job is you have to do things as fast as you can, as best as you can. So you have to do it in Marvelous in terms of clothing. The other one is Marmoset Toolbag for presentation, for Mm -hmm. baking in this case. So it's it's a really good software at the moment and it's trending, I would say. And Substance Painter. Like Substance Painter, if you want a texture. But for example, for cinematic, I think they will probably use or Substance Painter or Mari. And probably there's yeah. one more that I don't remember right now. But those are the softwares. Now, in terms of somebody who wants, they want to be a character artist. They want to, let's say, um, go it alone and uh, not necessarily take too many classes. They just want to get in and start to practice and just do work. Is it enough? to just learn the software, what else should people be doing on top of just learning software? They should be learning artistic skills and development, which is like, in this case, is anatomy, color theory, mm-hmm. study fabrics, study types of materials like lateral metal, fabric, skin, etc. proportions, anything related to art, which means like 
you don't need ZBrush to do art, right? You can do it with a paper and a pencil. And if you can do it in the paper, it means that you have the artistic skills. But most people who use ZBrush in the industry, they don't draw. They use ZBrush to, to sculpt. And those people, normally they develop a really good artistic skill inside ZBrush, which is the, actually the necessary for this industry and for their, for their job. So yeah, I'm just going to repeat myself and saying like fabrics, anatomy, materials, proportions, everything, you know, silhouette, design, actually design helps a lot too. And those are the main skills before the software. What do you mean study fabric? <laughs> what does that mean? How does it fold? Like leather folds in a way, fabric, types of fabrics fold in other ways. For example, I'm saying like, for example, when you're in substance and you need to texture, right? You need to know how to do certain types of fabrics, like how does it shine, if it's shiny or not, etc. Right. you know? Got it. And then are, are you studying these like getting into substance or... And ultimately what I'm looking for is like, how can somebody, because this is one of the, the small areas of being a character artist that make a difference. It's fabric, right? And we don't think about it because let's say yeah. I want to be a character artist and I'm like, I want to study anatomy. And, and the monsters, right? Yeah, right. And then next thing you know, you spend two years studying anatomy and then you put clothing over your entire character. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm looking right here at your screen and you know, it's all like the, pr the production of what you did here. It's, it's almost all clothing. Yeah. I mean, so, there's a lot of anatomy. And for example, I, I did a dog and, and some other work. And there was like a lot of anatomy in those works. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot, of, a lot of fabric too. I mean, in a World War II game and, and setting, there's like loads of, of characters with loads of fabrics and, and types of fabrics. And each country had their own way of designing the equipment mm -hmm. and the materials they were using and etc. It really depends on the task you're having because, for example, you, as you can see, the dog I made was one piece of many. And I worked on that game for a full year. So it really goes from a spectrum of different characters and different ways of seeing and doing certain assets. So it's like helmets, boots, pants, fur, zombies, statues, dogs, you know. It's such a huge quantity of different stuff. And I think the only thing that guided me throughout those things was the artistic skills. It mm. wasn't the ZBrush. I mean, in ZBrush, you just can do anything, right? So there's a lot of research and a lot of references that can help you with achieving the results you want. And that's actually one of the most important things in the whole pipeline. It's like when you're doing something, you know how it's going to end because you always have the reference to help you. Okay, great. So you started in miniatures. Yes, I started miniatures three years ago. And funny story, I was I was like doing portfolio, mm -hmm. and my mom was like, "Oh, you should you should just try to find a freelance, you know." And I was like, "Okay, sure, I'm gonna try. I'm probably gonna fail because I don't have enough portfolio." Mm -hmm. And I saw like in a, a website. I had, I don't even know if it exists anymore. Called Creative Cow, and it was like announced like Fantasy Flight Games needs a zebra uh, character artist for freelance work. And I was like, sure, gonna apply. If they say no, who cares, you know? <laughs> I try that at least. So I send it, and after two days, they removed the, the announcement, you know, the job offer. Mm -hmm. I was like, disappointed because yeah, they probably found someone and yeah, okay, let's keep working, you know? And then after two months, the guy sent me a, an artist, a paid artist actually. What? And Yeah. What kind uh, of voodoo did you work for that? 
<laughs> I don't know. It's my magical powers, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's my first asset, Ardush X Eribush. And that was my first asset. It took me like, they gave me a month to do it. And I did it in a month. And then after that came another sculpture and another and another. And my first miniature, I took me one month because I didn't know how, how they wanted the details. Because in miniatures, it's different. It's yeah. everything is exaggerated and yeah. everything has to be prepared for printing. So no mm-hmm. holes, no nothing. And then I just kept doing every month I was doing a miniature. And then it was funny that the whole process was my first month was a, a miniature. Then three weeks, it took me another, uh, uh, three weeks to do another miniature and then two weeks. And then I was like in a certain speed that it took me like a week to do um, a miniature. Right. Mm. So I have to say that I started working in miniatures in February and at the end of, of July, I was like doing miniatures really, really fast. So they were always constantly sending work to me. Yeah. And then in September, they sent me the Doom miniature game. And then the guy was like, we have the Doom the miniature game from Bethesda. So you want to work on this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he, then he shows me the concepts. And he goes like, pick three. And I said, now I want all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the guy just said, okay, let's start with three. And then if you go well, because we have to, do, to deliver this in three months and... We have to be fast, mm-hmm. as usual in this industry. I just started doing and doing and doing, and then I did all the miniatures except the big, big one for the game. And then I went to Dubai at the end of November to work there mm-hmm. in animation studio. I worked, worked there for four months mm-hmm. while doing miniatures, doing freelance. Yeah. And then after four months, I went to Valencia. I got invited to work at Elite. Now I've been working there for two years and all three, almost three. So that's awesome. What do you love about working there? The people. Yeah. I actually like Spain a lot. I've been to Spain many years. I'm Portuguese, so the culture isn't very drastic in terms of difference. The language too, I speak the language easily. I think the work people are very, very positive, happy in general. Spanish people are happy in general, so that makes life easy, I guess. Mm. You know, Pretty late night culture too, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, they are there. They 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 like to to party. I have to say, yeah, everybody's up late, and they know how to party. Yeah, here in America, it's always like I wake up at four a.m. because I'm productive. In Spain, I go to sleep at four a.m. Or in India, oh my god, in India when I'm there, it's like geez, at twelve o'clock at night, it's like still going outside. Pretty crazy. Damn, I'm not a party guy, so. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I am way too old at this point. So you, miniatures was a pathway. A um, pathway, through. yes. Okay, but yeah. when before you got into miniatures, you said you started doing some animation. Is that like... Um, in, I worked um, in an animation movie and okay. Dubai. And I was just doing characters. Yeah, modeling characters. Great. Uh, and on my LinkedIn, there's like a link to the YouTube, which has like a character that I made. Those videos, I modeled the character and mm-hmm. all the colleagues of mine, they rigged it, did the hair, rendering, texturing, etc. Oh, it's just a very simple thing. Yeah. And they were doing an animation movie. But at the beginning, when I started in 3D, I was like, right, I'm going for animation. Mm-hmm. But then I slowly went to video games. Yeah. And what I see here, too, is it's just like this big progression. And so now the last thing that you've got here posted is the Call of Duty stuff. And mm-hmm. the level of tech 
has kind of become exponential, right? Like, so you're starting in yes. ZBrush and you're miniature and you're sculpting and, you know, you're getting your anatomy and you're getting your form and you got some pores. And, and, you know, I think in, we actually have a miniature class coming up with uh, Bob oh, and nice. uh, he's going to teach it. I love it. His, his art station is literally, literally artstation.com forward slash Bob. And I was like, Oh my God, Whoa, that's how'd the, you get that? Yeah, no, and, and he came in, he oh, did a demo and a talk and yeah. it's like, God, it's so, it's so simple how this stuff works, right? It's like you, if you yes. want to, you just take a cylinder and you cut it in half and you just jam that into another little sphere. And next thing you know, you got like armor and, um, you know, it's <laughs> just as really, but the, you know, we, a lot of us tend to overcomplicate things. I over, I, by a lot of us, I mean me, I overcomplicate things. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this perfect and get this, but you know, he's just going in showing these simple techniques. So mm -hmm. I'm really kind of excited to kind of check that out. But the tech side of miniatures, pretty straightforward. ZBrush, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no doubt. Yeah. And then as you're going in, you're ramping up and you're doing this. So, you know, to this last one, like if we're looking at the Mountaineer, you know, you're dealing with hair cards and, and you're dealing with substance. You're mm -hmm. dealing with a, a lot more involved in this, right? Mm-hmm. So how much or what is it that you're responsible for when you're when you're doing this? Are you getting in doing hair and things like that, too? Yeah, I I did hair too, uh, mm -hmm. but it's something that I can't show yet. But for example, in this character, the Mountaineer, I a character was divided by three people because yeah. of type of deadlines. You know, I was responsible for the gloves, the boots, the pants, and a colleague of mine was responsible for the jacket and the fur. Another one for for the head fur, the other one mm -hmm. for the backpack. Sometimes it really depends if there's time to for you to do a, a an asset from beginning to finish. Yeah. And sometimes there's no time for that. It has to be divided by X amount of people and you have to do it because the client wants this in two weeks, you know, and the only way is to divide it. All right. So what's the hardest part about being an artist? Well, that's a hard question. Yeah. Uh, Maybe answering Ryan's well, questions. That might be I think hard. the hardest part for an artist. For I have you, for say, being an artist. Yeah. And for most artists, I have to say that it's to finish work. <laughs> Which means like a lot of artists start many arts. For example, in this case, many character artists start characters and they never finish. So I think oh, I the don't... hardest part is to finish those characters. Yeah, I don't think any of my students can relate. Can you guys? <laughs> Look, I think every artist in the industry and outside of it had this period of just doing things. And I had that for two years. And finally, it has stopped, you know. I think it's a phase because it's a phase of discovering yourself in terms mm -hmm. of art. And I think you have to accept it and that's it. But of course, don't stay in it forever. Otherwise, you're going to lose, I have to say. Yeah. Because actually finishing art is the most accomplishing thing you can do. Yeah, I heard two people. And that's when you learn things, actually. Mm, that makes sense. That's when it all comes together and, the, and growth exactly. really happens. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. I heard two different people talk about this. One was one of my coaches and the other one was Gary Vaynerchuk. And uh, it was just a recent thing with Gary Vaynerchuk. And he was talking about it. He posted it on, uh, I don't know where he posted it, but it was a video of him talking to a guy who was like, yeah, I want to make some music. And and he's like, have you made music? And he's like, no, I'm trying this out. And, <laughs> and you know, it was just uh, this back and forth of this guy with his own BS, which we all have. And yeah. uh, Gary was just straight up, you know, it's just confidence, just confidence if you're not doing the work if you're not finishing the work you just don't have the confidence in it yet yeah i mean and confidence you can build it up uh, throughout time 
un- mm-hmm. unless you're like that, like that guy who says, oh, you like music, but if you don't start, then there's no confidence to be built upon just, uh, it, you know? Just got to do it. Exactly. Yeah, the other thing it. one of my coaches said was, is you, you, got, you know, you got to look at it as an integrity problem, you know? finishing work and committing and you know it's just like if you're not finishing work then what's that say about your integrity that's if you're saying yes 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 and then not following through on that at the end of the day years later what does that say about your integrity oof that's a tough one right? uh, I was many like, good things i have to say yeah i was like ass I'm like what the hell are you t- don't talk to me like but that. it's a good it's a really good way of thinking about it uh yeah, like Placing the integrity word uh, in it, uh, finishing work and integrity. Yeah, brings it home. Yeah. All right, David, man, it's been great talking to you. Any piece of advice you got? One piece of advice you got when you get when artists are looking for this? Because I think your career is a really cool trajectory that I I know a lot of people that they would like to follow. You started with the love of sculpting, yeah, just ZBrush, the mothership, yeah. and then from there. Now all of this, like what, what, what advice you got somebody who wants to follow that path? My advice is if you want to do it, compromise. And if you want to compromise, know that it takes time. If it takes time, then don't think of being really good after a year. At least give it a try. You know, a medic needs six years to study to be a medic, mm. at least in my country. Mm-hmm. And well, an artist, it takes the whole I think a whole life is not enough to be a really good artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm joking here, but you always grow as an artist. You know, oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I believe you. Yeah. But if you want to work in this industry, just commit to it. Talk to people. I always respond to emails and to messages. Ask things. Be curious about it. Work, 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 work. Like that's 90% of it. Do what you like in terms of the work. That's one thing I've learned with not finishing pieces of art was because I was doing things that I I felt they're going to be cool, but were things that I wasn't enjoying doing. So mm, totally. I, 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 I spoke with myself and I said, look, I just do things you like and everything is going to be cool. And that's it. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for that, guys. Thanks for being here. David, have an amazing evening. You're heading into a weekend, sort of. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. The day after tomorrow. And Wait. I'll... Yeah, it's late at night there now. That's right. I forgot what time it was. Oh, no, it's, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Spain, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you very much. Conversation and, you know, meet you, you online much, here. All right. Thank you Take for care. spending the night here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com. To learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.